Okay, so Susan and Jill and I didn't get to hear all of your lovely wisdom, and so I wonder <laughs> if um, anybody would like to share something that was meaningful or that was uh, came out of insight that you had from that uh, discussion. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was common in our group about the um, unskillful action question was um, all of us had examples around unskillful speech. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, sort of a common theme of how when one is kind of irritated or a little angry, there's something very um, immediately satisfying about kind of like letting rip and then, <laughs> and then uh, longer term consequences, you know, far. Uh, Ouch, you know, outweigh whatever that immediate satisfaction is, but somehow that immediate satisfaction is really tempting. Um, yeah. The Buddha said that anger has a honeyed tip and a poison root. <laughs> I think we can all understand that one viscerally. And I liked your comment about um, how they, there was a theme of speech being a challenge. I think that's true for many of us. And you'll notice that the Buddha singled out speech as one entire step of the path. It was so important and so consequential. He could have just put it into action, but he separated it out of action. Yeah. Other comments? There seem to be so many ways to be unskillful. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were noticing up here that you guys were louder during the unskillful part. It was like easier for you to talk, and then it's kind of quiet during the skillful part. Well, it seems that the skillful is always basically the same. Right? Skillful always started with checking in with yourself right? and quieting down and being grounded before whatever action is really. This is the good news, is that it's simple, actually, to follow the path. And what's complicated is to figure out everything that we need to do and how we need to react and how we need to politically organize ourselves so that we can, you know, in terms of office politics, things like that, that gets complex. But the simple act of paying attention actually goes a long way. So you actually, that's a lot of wisdom you just said. <laughs> but it's, it is significant. Um, that sometimes it's harder to think of the positive and how that was caused because we're sort of not attuned to it. We have this kind of negativity bias where we, we're really clear on what we did wrong because we really want to avoid that. And somehow um, the positive passes us by in a sense. This is not um, a random thing about this group. It's actually kind of the way the mind works. And the Buddha pointed us toward What's the task for the Third Noble Truth? Realizing it. <laughs> Realizing, oh, the suffering is over at this moment, instead of rushing on to what's the next unskillful thing, what's the next problem, what's the next suffering? Do we ever notice that actually this one has ended? So we're already getting pretty deep into what the Buddha was pointing at. Noticing the peace. Are there other comments? Also, did you have more? I kind of leaped in because I was so excited about your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the wisdom I have. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that um, I believe 
a couple of us, um, maybe three, talked about how delusion is so powerful. Like, it's just, it really can get you. And then it's such a big deal when there's a moment of not delusion. Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow, really? I'm doing this? Like, this is working. It's, it's huge. And as opposed to the normal, like you said, the more common sort of not, not getting it. And um, I just, and, and then the other thing about, you said, awareness about that it, it doesn't, none of us had success stories that sort of accidentally happened. They all seem to be very much a result of us deciding to make a change, um, even if it was one person deciding to meditate because she was rattled like that, mm-hmm. and then getting the wise view as a result of the meditation. So um, just that way of, of being able to pay attention seems like, I guess it's kind of a duh, like this is, we're all salt or cost in our right of all paying attention to meditation, but yeah, without that, it kind of doesn't, doesn't go. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of like a gift, doesn't it, that we have this ability to pay attention and that somehow it came about that we got interested in this. Who knows? <laughs> but sometimes I just have a lot of gratitude to have found the path. Okay, well, we also just wanted to open it up to um, if you have any further questions about wise view. Um, maybe I'll just say one thing, which is this is the, the launch of the wise view month, if you will. This is how it goes, is that the Sunday session begins um, the time when you will be practicing with this particular uh, topic. So it's not surprising that you're kind of arriving and um, maybe haven't thought about this deeply. This is kind of your chance to get immersed um, with a little shot of it, and then you'll spend the, um, the rest of the month, you'll get reflections in the mail, and you'll be talking with your mentor and so forth. And then by the time we meet next month, that'll be the beginning of the Wise Intention Month. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, we don't expect that you be all done all the reading and everything. <laughs> when you come to these, you become fresh and just encounter the, that step, and then you'll kind of work it over over the month. So are there any questions at this point, though, on Wise View? The two aspects of it, karma and the Four Noble Truths, anything else? And Susan and I are both available for this. You could ask either of us or both. Yeah. A question for both of you. It comes from the Peter Bodhi uh, reading on uh, Wise View. Uh, when he was talking about karma, he uh, as most monastics usually do, just like very matter-of-factly matter talks about rebirth. Oh, and yeah. That's like the big, and I remember in, um, in the last year, uh, an Ajahn from Habaya Yuri, I don't remember his name, but the one who used to be a hospice nurse, mm-hmm. where he was a... That's Karunadama. 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 When he came, there was, you know, someone asked that question about rebirth, and mm-hmm. you know, there's this sort of secular way of interpreting it just as the moment-to-moment birth within a life, and he, he kind of went along with that, and then he kind of paused and said, yeah, but if, if that was really true, maybe there is like enough morphine in the world just to kind of like sedate yourself until this life's over, and that, you know, and it became very clear, just like, no, like the rebirth thing really is like a, like a super powerful 
goad or something to like my kid to have a solve this problem once and for all. And I guess I'm, um, I guess I'm still as a, you know, pretty secular person uh, trying to figure out how to relate to that because it just really struck me to see someone uh, be so matter of fact about it, and then be Kugodi is like very matter of fact about it, and and seems like it's. Um, Again, it's like a very, you know, for both of them, it seems like this is really powerful goad for like, like, no, there is a problem to be solved, um, or else, you know, we will be dealing with this for the rest of time. And I'm just wondering, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm trying to figure out about if there, I guess the, it's kind of an open-ended thing of like how to relate to that, or what's, what's a useful way to relate to that. It's a good question. Um, probably one that a lot of people have in our very secular society when they encounter these, this particular form of these teachings. Um, and first of all, I'll say that we're not going to solve this issue right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> completely tied it up with a bow and we're done. Um, because it is actually something that we relate to ourselves and how we you know, encounter the different elements of these teachings. Well, maybe I'll start by saying that um, my teacher practiced in Asia for a while and, you know, went to the monasteries there and was a monk and did long retreats and so forth as part of his training. So he was exposed to very traditional Theravadan teachings. But he said that in all of his time there, his teachers never asked him his view on rebirth. Um, they never told him he needed to be a certain way. He said he just never even really thought about that teaching because he was so busy following the meditation instructions. And so I don't know how critical it is um, to have a decision about that um, for much of our practice. And so it, you've seen examples of people for whom this is a very important and useful view. And I think we might say that some let's hold it as a view. <laughs> it's um, essentially what it is. And so like views, like those questions you had while, during Susan's segment, we ask ourselves about our framework, is this beneficial for me? So if it's beneficial to hold the view that we have a real problem, otherwise this is going to go on forever, and that's going to really help you sit on the cushion in a way that's productive, like it was apparently for for these monks, then that sounds skillful to me. Um, whereas, if it's going to be something where you sit down and you say, this whole Buddhism thing, I don't even know if it's going to work because it has this rebirth idea, and then you spend the whole meditation session formulating complex arguments about why rebirth, can, there's no mechanism for it to happen, and they could never know, and it would violate causality and relativity and all these things that we know. Um, conservation of energy, then um, I don't think it would be very useful. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a useful way to think about it. So, um, yeah. Does that, help as a, it's a, does that help as a way to approach yeah. it? And there are probably people in this room for whom it's a big deal and others for whom it's not a deal at all. <laughs> it's like never think about it. So we're not, a, we're not asking you to think about that and it's definitely not a necessary belief to do this practice for this course. Do you want to add anything to that? Are you glad to avoid that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, 
No, I, I, um, I, I would just say, first of all, there are m many, many mysterious things that we cannot ever uh, hope to understand. And so, uh, I mean, I have no direct experience of rebirth or anyone who has claims to have been known that they're reborn. I have no direct experience, but I don't, I mean, it could be true. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but I do remember one of the story in, in the, one of the suttas where, where, where the Buddha was kind of talking about this and was talking about, um, you know, how, uh, how it benefits um, our, our, our lives to be aware of this, um, that we are reborn every moment um, according to our actions and to understand that um, certainly we pay very close attention to our actions and we see the suffering that comes from the unskillful and the happiness and peace that comes from the skillful. So if we hold that view, um, that certainly is in direct experience. And if the other is true, uh, that, uh, that we are reborn according to our actions, then we're covered both ways. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. I love that story. <laughs> Are there any other questions? Or comments? Okay, well then why don't we um, just have a short sit for the last few minutes and just finding a simple, quiet <coughs> posture and maybe just um, relaxing the body, so softening the shoulders, the belly, hands and feet, but feeling the straightness of the spine. Maybe just allowing the energy of talking and thinking, engaging, just feeling that energy in your system. Allowing the thoughts to drift away. Trust that this has gotten into your heart in the right way. Noticing that the simple act of sitting quietly with your eyes closed has an immediate effect on your calmness, your ability to see what's going on in your mind. It might be clearer now than it was five minutes ago. There's an action and there's a result. Sitting quietly in the any degree of ease or relaxation you can feel at this moment.
so um, the next meeting is the wise intention meeting. I think it's November 13th, is that correct? It's the second, no, second, 12th, thank 12th, you, yeah. November 12th. This, Susan will be back for that one as well as another teacher. So have a great month. Take care. Thank you.